Welcome back to another episode of Super Kicking with Steven. Glad to be here, ready to talk up Hell in the Cell. We got the Greg one over there. We have some NBA Finals tonight. We got Hell in the Cell. Oh, and we have our special guest who is just joining us now. So, Greg, I'm going to bring him on and he can have at it and introduce himself. So, here is our yeah. special guest, Mark Dykton from 1075 The Fan. Nice. Almost okay. said name, Mark, so I apologize, but at least I got it right. No, you're good. Uh, you know what? You know us Hoosiers. We don't uh, stray away from new names, do we? No. As long as you had like an apostrophe S, like Myers or Kroger's or something like that. That's so, true. So, that works. <laughs> uh, let the lovely fans of Super Kicker with Steven know who you are, what you're all about, and then uh, we'll get right into the kind of big news for the week for AEW. Yeah, I'm the uh, producer for Kevin Query on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. So check us out. We'll talk all things Colts, Pacers, Indy 500, all that good stuff. So we're busy, folks, but glad you, uh, you've you been reaching out for a while. I'm glad to make it happen. And tell us about your wrestling fandom. How uh, goes, long have you been watching it and all that good stuff? Oh, I mean, back when Stone Cold Steve Austin was still the ringmaster, all that good stuff. So I go way back. Uh the early WWF uh, superstars on Saturday morning and all that stuff. So I also know the history in two is, you know, as far as Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, WrestleMania three, all that stuff. So lifelong fan, still going strong with WWE and AEW. So That's awesome to hear. And I know you've written up a couple stuff, so we'll definitely mm-hmm. plug that at the end of this. But what Hell in a Cell prediction show would be complete, would not be complete without AEW news, because that's kind of the big news. So, for all you people who are struggling to understand this AEW World Title Eliminator, here it is in plain form. There will be a battle royal. Well, I guess first we should explain. CM Punk is injured, uh, needs surgery, won't be stripped of the title, is not giving up the title. Uh, not sure how long he's going to be out, because surgery to me always feels like it's going to be more than a month or two or three, but whatever. Uh, so, essentially, we're doing an interim world champion. So, here's our little handy-dandy chart. I wish I could give credit to somebody. I have no idea where it came from. I just found it. And like all stuff on Twitter, we just took it. Uh, but there will be a battle royal that will kick off AW Dynamite, which will feature whoever. John Moxley has a shot at the end of the night to w- face the winner. And then we also have New Japan... <laughs> Dominion, where it'll be Tanahashi versus Goto, the winner of that will face the winner of Moxley in the Battle Royale, which is all they had to do, which was not explained for a couple days. But so, our special guest, Mark, who in the world is going to walk out with the title at Forbidden Door for AW, well, interim champion? Yeah, man, that is such, such heartbreaking news for CM Punk because Forbidden Door, especially going to be in the hometown. Chicago at the United Center. So, I mean, I could only imagine what that pop would have been like had he been healthy and been able to perform there. I mean, it's going to be interesting because I don't know. I, I There's so many unknowns about this whole tournament, how many people are involved. Now there's rumors that Brian Danielson's injured. So he was the one I was originally thinking could be the guy goes up against Moxley. But if he's injured as well, I mean, you're looking at Darby Allen or something like that. And I'm wondering if Tony Khan is going to be crazy enough to put the title on someone from New Japan. I think that would be kind of cool. Um I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know a ton about Goto, and I, I know a ton about Tanahashi, but I'm, I'm not as familiar about Goto as everybody else. I really don't know which way they're going to go for it, which is why I think, you know, that's the whole reason they're doing the pay-per-view. They want to leave you wanting more and not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, Moxley's been there, done that. You know, he's a certified main eventer. Who they throw him in against in the Battle Royals, anyone's guess. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. My, I'm thinking right now – I. I think you've got to go back to the well a little bit. You know, either Moxley, Jericho, maybe even Hangman. I mean, I just – or Omega. Well, we don't know about Omega, but anyway. Yeah, he's I, a wild card in all of it, I think. I, I feel like I don't want somebody's first championship to be an interim. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what sucks for CM Punk. It almost feels like the Finn Bauer instance way back in the day of SummerSlam where mm-hmm. – now, granted, CM Punk's been there, done that technically as world champion, but – what a sucky way to start 
probably his only title run. I, yeah. I don't imagine him getting more than you know one world title run in AEW. Just as he kept saying, the wheels, you know, those wheels have a lot of tread on them. And so I know Moxley's a safe bet, but at this rate, don't you almost I feel like you almost gotta get that rate just to kind of at least have a a safe champion right now. Not safe per se, but you know, somebody you know you can rely on, somebody that yes has been there, but but then again, I don't know if him and CM Punk would be a great match whenever Punk returns. So it's like it's a weird dilemma dilemma. But I'm gonna just say Moxley for now. <laughs> I mean Cole was out there, now apparently Adam Cole's hurt. I mean Somebody said, what about just backing up the truck to MJF? But then again, do you want MJF's first title run to be an interim? But then I guess he could be Punk overall. And then that gives him the full, you know, the storyline is many times over. But so I'm going to go Moxley just because I feel like right now there's, there's options, yes, but I'm afraid about some of those options right now. So how about you, Greg? What are you thinking? Well, first, heartbroken for CM Punk because we were looking forward to seeing, you know, the juicy matchups that were lining up for him uh, up and down the roster. And now we're going to be deprived of that from the jump. Um, I will I will save my argument about why you should be in a trios match with FTR when it has nothing to do with anything for a later date. But... Uh, that was the catalyst for all this. And, uh, you know, the champ doesn't need to be doing stuff like that. But anyway, um, but the sounds of things, it's, even though he won't say what the uh, injury is, just kind of reading the tea leaves and what he was saying, you know, maybe a, you know, lower body, leg, foot type of injury. And in the NFL world, the NBA world, usually something like that is, you know, six, eight, 12 weeks, which puts you around three months, which puts us from this point around the end of the summer. Um, and that's prime time for, you know, your big end of the year pay-per-views, things like that. Um, so hopefully that's all it is. And since it's just an interim title, that kind of leads me to believe that that is what it is. So that being said, the... AEW side of the tournament is really interesting because Moxley is going to be awesome against anybody, and then who's going to who are you going to put in there? Um, you have the whole roster to pull from, and I am looking at two people in particular. Number one, Hangman, because you know the story writes itself. Um, the way Hangman went out, that promo he delivered right before the big pay per view where it, it had a feel of him going heel, but the match itself, you know, outstanding match, five-star match. But you could do a lot with that as far as changing his character a little bit. Maybe he is more heelish this time around. Um, you know, I'm going to help myself instead of trying to help everybody else kind of thing and come at it with a new attitude and set up an ultimate rematch. Uh, the other guy I'm looking at is Kenny, because Kenny's been gone for pretty close to a year now. And he would be a dream match waiting to happen, Kenny versus Punk. I mean, who wouldn't drop all their coins to see that? Uh, this seems to be about that time. Come back, get the interim title. Like you were saying, he's been there, done that. And he's going to have that appeal of, okay, we know how awesome Kenny is. And he is a level above everybody that Punk has faced. So, you know, you have the legit, can he beat Kenny? And that would make the whole buildup awesome. So those are kind of the two guys that I'm looking at. There's others you can pull from, but. I think those are the two most intriguing options at the moment. So who are you going with as a final prediction, Mark? Who will you put the title on for AW interim champion? 
I mean, I guess I'm going to go John Moxley just because it's so much of an unknown. Like you guys both said, Kenny Omega, the MGF situation. I mean, MGF would be a perfect candidate if this storyline is not actually a shoot. Um, but I got to go with Moxley. You know, he's a world champion. He, he's never, you know, he's always showing up every single week. He's putting on great matches. I think you throw him in the ring with anybody. He's going to give you a great couple months. However long Punk is out, he's going to be a great couple months as champion. Uh, so I got to go with the known and John Moxley. And he wants Tanahashi anyway, so I yep. think they would put on a pretty, you know, great match there at Converted Door, which it's just an unknown as well because we haven't heard much on the New Japan side as far as you know who's facing who on AEW, you know, other than mm-hmm. what we thought was going to be CM Punk and Tanahashi. I guess you know there are some rumblings about Hangman Adam Page facing Okada. Is that what I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, that could be interesting. So, uh, but I. You know, like I said, I just wonder if Hangman could show up in that battle royal. And like Greg brought up, I, I think if you want to maybe do Hangman right, you do turn him heel. You know, reunite with the young bucks and kind of go on a heel run. And you know, what better way than take out Punk in Chicago at All Out, which is the Hangman. You know, that's kind of the 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 uh, the start of um, AEW in a way. So that would be kind of the, AEW original taking out one of the mm-hmm. you know new guys, new guys. Sorry, uh, but uh, how about you, Greg? Do you say Moxley as well, or who who are you pulling the title, putting the title? Well, I'm I'm still playing um, fantasy with this as far as the guys I like to see. Uh, Kenny is too much of a wild card, but because we don't know if he's ready, how the injuries are going, everything. Seems like he had a litany of things wrong with him when he went out. Um, so for the sake of having the most fun TV, the most you know edgier seat, what happens next, uh, I want to see MJF get the title. And the reason is playing into the whole pipe bomb thing. What happens if he wins this thing and now he has the AEW interim title to hold hostage? Punk is gone, and he's now has all the leverage. Uh, what? How are those promos going to be like? And this rolls straight into another match with Punk. We saw the how awesome the dog collar match was, and there's so much meat on the bone that you can have with that. So much excellence, just on the mic, in the ring, everything. It's just a smorgasbord of awesomeness right there. Um, so if he came in and found a way to to win the title, it would just blow everything to the moon. So just for the sake of the storyline and for uh, the myriad ways you could go, does if it happens, uh, I would love to see MJF end up with the interim title. That's hard to argue. I think one thing we could probably all agree on is Tony Khan does not need to be on TV as a character. Correct, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see any matches between him and MJF, if I'm being honest. But I, that's the thing. That's why the whole MJF thing is so interesting. Because, like, what is the end game for this whole thing? Is he going to face somebody? Is I mean, what, what's the end game? It's so interesting to me because if it is a true work, I mean, we had Austin versus McMahon, and we know what that led to, the greatest rivalry in professional wrestling history. But I don't know what MJF versus Tony Khan is going to do as far as we can see matches between the two. I don't think so. Well, I don't. And I feel like Tony Khan is just running on fumes <laughs> lately. I, I think he just, it's just, you know, like that that last press, well, well media scrum. I mean, some of the stuff he was just ranting about, I was just like, he needs to either get some sleep for a week or, or do something because he was just going off on everything it felt like it. I mean, that's how he always is, but I feel like it's kind of, you know, I wonder if the pressure is starting to get, I mean, you know, I think because if they've taken some of the power away from, you know, the Young Bucks, Omega, Hangman, and if it's all in him, that's that's quite a bit to ask. I mean, he's still young. I mean, how old is he? He's, he's in his younger, you know, age as well. It's not like he's, you know, been doing this. Like some people call it, it's like, you know, a kid playing with action figures, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's the way that sometimes he tries to book things. So, I, he's got 
He's got Ring of Honor on his plate now, too. So he's trying to figure out Ring of Honor's situation and everything. We haven't heard anything about it. Right. And there's whole TV deals, the rumors of HBO Max and all that stuff, too. So he's got he's got a lot on his plate, that's for sure. I, I think, yeah, I, you would think over the next year, you need to, I think you need to put some other people in place. Yeah. Because you know? right now, it just feels like he's doing, trying to do everything. And I don't know, that doesn't seem like a recipe. Now, it's been successful so far, but how long? You know, can you sustain that? So, um, well, I think we're going to leave it at that because I know there's plenty more we can do, but I want to make sure we get these predictions in. Yes, there's always six matches, but I'm sure there's plenty we can talk about. Four are, let me get this production value. Hell in a sack. I don't know how loud that was, but I tried. <laughs> I got I to get a better producer here, Mark. Sorry. I'm trying it's, my best. So. Sound, sounded good on my end. That's good. Okay, good. Yeah, did hear too. Good. Okay. Well, I'll play that many a times, I'm sure. But anyway, so uh, let's get right into, well, first, sorry, we got to do our commercial breaks, pay some bills. Then we'll get into our predictions and then do a little last call about best Hell in a Cell match that wasn't Mankind and Undertaker. But you can throw that one in too. So let's get some Rogue Energy talk first and then some elite performance. Then we'll get right into our Hell in a Cell predictions for your viewing. going to go with Ezekiel because I think the finish is going to be as the match is reaching its climax. Um, maybe Kevin has the upper, upper hand and then Elias's old music hits and look who's on the ramp. It's Elias and he's uh, so stunned, pun intended, that uh, Elias is up there. He turns around and boom, lights out, and Ezekiel gets the win. There you go. Yeah, I mean, if Sandow needs a job, I mean, he could he could definitely show up. I'm sure he could easily look like Elias from what I've seen. So, uh, Mark, how are you liking this Ezekiel Kevin Owens feud? And then give us your prediction for this match. I love Kevin Owens so much. He can make anything work, and he's been fantastic in this feud. I have Ezekiel winning. I think this feud continues, and I'm hoping that maybe at SummerSlam or something like that, we get an I quit match where Kevin Owens <laughs> is beating Ezekiel within an inch of his life, and he's not going to let him quit until he says he is actually Elias. That would be a great payoff, in my <laughs> opinion. That, and that, yeah, and that kind of ties everything together, because how, how much more can you really do with this? You know, Like, like Greg brought up, unless we could find a doppelganger like Elias. Like I said, Sandow, I think, would work, if, you know, from what I've seen of Sandow. But, um, yeah, I just don't know how many likes this got on it. But, you know, how long can you keep playing it up? But I'll go Ezekiel for the, the three-person, the 
same boat here. It just makes a lot of sense. I mean, Owens is Teflon. I think he can lose a thousand matches and then probably win a world title contender match and be viable in a contender match. So it's like, I think Kevin Owens is fine. We know he's going to be there. He's already resigned, you know, so he's there. Um, but yeah, Zinko probably needs some sort of win in this regard and, you know, keep the feud going. Next up, how about this one? This is one of those, Greg, I know we had talked about it. I wish this would have been in the cell. I think with the ladies involved, I think with the tag team match, you know, you really could have done something different. Um, you know, it's too bad it's almost not like TNA where they do the lockdown and every match is in lockdown. But then again, Hell in a Cell is such a unique match. It needs to be reserved. Like, I'm glad that we only have Seth and Cody as the Hell in a Cell match because they can just go, you know, 100 on it and, you know, make it the best match they can. But uh, so, Mark, tell us, do you have Team Too Sweet? Or the Judgment Day in this match, and uh, some thoughts on it. I'm riding the hot hand. I'm going with Judgment Day. I think you strap the you put the tight you put the match, uh, give them the W, and you let them shoot to the moon the rest of the summer. Let them be the faction of the summer. Uh, I love Finn Balor, love AJ Styles, love Morgan, but the Edge, Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest connection. I think we get, might get a fourth member tonight that ends up costing costing two sweets. So we'll see. Maybe Champa. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he just makes so much sense. How did you like the addition of Rhea Ripley uh, there, Mark? Did you feel like she, need, she needed that, correct? Yeah. I mean, after her blow-off with Liv Morgan, I was like, well, what's next with her? And she just would fit so well with that faction. So when she did debut, I'm like, that's perfect. That's that's exactly what she needed because she's, you know, with a Hall of Famer and Edge, Damian Priest can kind of learn under, under Edge as well. So I think it's fantastic for both of their characters to be aligned with Edge. You know, but there's still a name out there. Uh, Bray, just think mm-hmm. if you had Edge and Bray as like a power trip, you know, for Judgment Day, that would really, especially if you had Bray as more of the, his first, you know, not the Fiend, obviously, but more of the cult leader. I mean, I don't know. That could be something to watch too. Because we keep hearing Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt. I mean, obviously the timing is there. He's been tweeting out more. It sounds like he's mentally ready to go, physically ready. And I just think it makes sense to come back to WWE and almost finish the right way type stuff. But um, <laughs> I'm sure people are just calling for Bray just to show up. I think, every, you know, some people would just be happy to see him back and see what he can do. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go too sweet. I know they probably won't win. And I, as you can tell, I am not confident in that prediction at all. But I think Liv Morgan really needs to win. I think I just, there's just something for her. I feel like she's just, she's working her ass off. I mean, I, that's what I, I just think she needs something. And what better way to, you know, pin Rhea Ripley in the middle of the ring and just, you know, you could have Judgment Day, get a win tomorrow night, you know, something like that. But I'd really like to see Liv Morgan pick up the win here. So I'm going to go with two sweets, but like I said, not confident at all. How about you, Greg? Which way are you leaning? Well, I am diametrically opposed to your whole take right there because, number one, I don't want to see Bray Wyatt anywhere in this match. Uh, I'm not even sure I want to see Bray Wyatt in WWE anymore, and I loved the Fiend character, Uh, but they did him such a disservice. Um, So, number one, no Bray Wyatt. Two, uh, I agree with Mark that I believe there's going to be a fourth member. Uh, Revealed Edge has been hard selling join us join us join us for every week since uh ria was at it so he is definitely not done he's made pitches every week and i think this is going to be another one where we see a another ghostly figure appear in the background and cost team too sweet the win uh plus it seems the sides are a little uneven because ria has dominated live every opportunity that they've had and i know you are team live uh to to the end but i i don't see it with her she's uh, a lesser version of alexa bliss if you ask me so i i I still can't get behind her i don't see the appeal in her all she does is lose so i i get where 
you want to get that pin and get get a little momentum Justice going. But for lift, Justice for lift. <laughs> Justice, hey, you better start hashtagging it. You know, it's going to take are you, a lot of work. Who would you call for? Like the fourth member. Uh, I don't think it's going to be. AJ would be interesting. I I still don't want Finn in there because he's he's the forces to be on the other side. You know, the demon and everything. I know you want the demon to be on the Judgment Day side because it makes sense, but uh, I can't picture Finn going. I can see AJ going be more uh, logical in my brain, but I don't think it's going to be either one of them. I think it's going to be another, you know, random superstar that, that joins the fold. Uh, but yeah, Judgment Day wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I'm not going to be surprised at all if the Judgment Day wins and a new member. I mean, it, like you said, Craig, it just feels like Edge is saying it. You have Rhea saying it. You have Damian Priest saying it. I mean, we almost, yeah, we need to get somebody. I turn towards Finn because I still feel like Finn just needs to turn to really kick. You know, it just feels like he's been running on moment, you know, just kind of on fumes too. Just kind of, you know, treading the motion, treading water. And, you know, he's, yes, he's kind of made a little impact with, you know, uh, AJ, but I don't know. It's still the same old Finn. It just doesn't feel like there's anything really, you know, not that he's had much special about him since what? <laughs> NXT days. I mean, honestly, we you know. So, but. Yeah. All right. Next up, how about this one? Bobby Lashley in a handicap match against Almost and MVP. Mark, who do you got in this one, and uh, how do you like Almost with MVP? I mean, Omos definitely needs MVP just because, I mean, MVP's been there, done that. He can be the, the mouthpiece for him. Uh, but I hope this is the end of this feud. I hope Bobby Lashley wins, and then he's actually put into a main event picture because he can move on from this feud. Uh, what they do with Omas after this, I have no idea. Um, but, I mean, if he's got MVP as a mouthpiece, then it it, it, it elevates his, his level a little bit more, but he's still got to work on his in-ring work. And aside from just being a big guy who just smashes people, I'm not sure how long that's going to last. But I have Bobby, Bobby Lashley winning and uh, them going their separate ways after this. Well, it's interesting. That's what we've been talking about a lot with, you know, almost. Uh, what's next? And I feel like they just they're on a plateau with him. Yes, you added MVP, but he keeps losing against Lashley. So, what was the point? Of, you know, other than maybe you're going to wait down the road. You know, maybe he does. Maybe he just has an impact at Money in the Bank. I don't think he wins Money in the Bank, but at least you know, puts on a good showing. But yeah, this should be all Lashley. Uh, even if he just pins MVP in the match, that's fine. Uh, I'm going Lashley. And like you said, Mark, I think Lashley needs to move on. Um, he's just too good to kind of be – because I don't feel like this has helped anything for almost. Almost, sorry. It, it's helped Lashley, <laughs> but it hasn't really helped the other way. So, uh, Greg, are you on three for three with us in Lashley, or are you going to go the other way? No, I'm with you on three for three. It's uh... – even if, like I said, he's, I think he's going to end up pinning MVP. But, um, you know, after taking, you know, 60% of the, of the, uh, being on the wrong end of the beatdown. But, um, you know, he powers out at the end. You know, it capacitates the uh, Omos and, you know, hurt lock on MVP, game over. And then, like I said, move lastly on to bigger, better things. And, you know, almost can find some some mid card action somewhere, or maybe they just take him off to off TV for a little bit, just to you know give him more seasoning because he's still very raw. He can be a lot better than he is, um, but everything around uh, across the board needs some work as far as his in ring, his mic, his and I know his, having MVP there is to take care of that problem, but eventually he still needs to learn to speak for himself. So. Uh, yeah, so you can we had AJ with him for what you know almost six, seven months, right? So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I thought if you would have given him the Andre the Giant battle, 
you know, Battle Royal win that could have been kind of a stepping stone for him, but they didn't give him that, and now he's just done. He's just you know kind of there. So uh, should be you know like we said, I think one of the next steps for him in that regard. Uh, how about this one? I think this one's kind of under the radar, and it kind of sucks because Ali is from Chicago, where Hell is tonight, so he's probably going to get killed. But I will start first. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw it up. I think Ali needs to win, and I'm gonna pick Ali to win, which means he won't. But you know, hey, why not? <laughs> so uh, we're not getting paid to do this, so I can <laughs> make as many wrong predictions as I want. But I do like the feud with theory. Uh, it, I, I wonder if Theory's kind of lost something without Vince kind of back there, but that's kind of why I wonder if Ali will win. And that also, if, especially if you maybe bring Vince, you know, kind of in the fold, you can kind of tease that tension between, you know, Ali and Vince, because we know that probably was there anyway. So I'm going to say we get a new United States champion and let Ali carry it for a little bit of time. How about you, Mark? What do you think with this? I'm saying uh, Vince McMahon is going to stick with his guy, Theory, even though he took his first name. I mean, he wasn't on TV with him for months leading up to WrestleMania to have him lose to Mustafa Ali. And we know how, how usually baby faces fare in their hometown. So I'm going to go with Theory. I think yep. they like their home. They like their, their heel champions anyway. They do a lot more with them. So I think Theory retains. And sorry, I meant, yeah, Vince would stay with Theory. Sorry, yep. I wasn't clear with that. But yeah, I think, you know, Theory... I don't know. What do, you, what do you think, Mark? Has he lost anything since Vince hasn't really been on TV as much? I, I think a little bit, but I also don't know how much Vince actually added to it. Like, I think yeah. the whole McAfee thing was great, but then obviously Vince fought McAfee right after. Well, I guess so fought, true. fought, whatever that was actually yeah. that we saw. Um, and so I kind of took the luster off of it anyway. But I just think I think Theory's great in the ring. I think he can definitely be a future star in here. So I think he keep the title on him and – Ali, I think they're still trying to figure out what, what's actually going on. He was off TV for so long up until just a little while ago. So I think they're still like, well, we got theory. He was just in a WrestleMania match. We can keep the title on him throughout the uh, – at least up to Money in the Bank. And I would assume we'll probably go theory and Cena. I mean, if that's the case, then, yeah, you got to – I wonder if you got to keep the title on theory. But then again, I don't know, you know which way to go with that, but – uh, Cena's out there. I think he's coming back sooner rather than later. And it just makes a lot of sense if you have Fury, you know, kind of punking out the U.S. title. You have uh, John Cena to the rescue to do that. But, uh, Greg, which way are you going? Fury or Ali? Uh, this whole rivalry, if you want to call it that, has been so disjointed and so horrible to watch. Uh, I agree with you guys this, that this is not the opponent that he's going to lose to. So um, definitely taking theory. He's been money on, uh, on screen and, you know, people are getting behind him, you know, whether it's here or booing him, he's getting the reaction and he's uh, really playing his character really, really well. Um, he's been fun to me to watch. Like I said, this storyline has been horrible uh, and, you know, it's, it's an entry point for Ali to get back to, uh, you know, having good matches, legitimate matches. So maybe this is one that puts him on the map, but I don't think this one is going to get in the title. That is what I wonder, too. I wonder if this could be maybe, like, our match of the night, just because you feel like it's two guys that really want to prove something. And it is flying under the radar, I think, a little bit. So I'll be curious to see how they kind of, you know, up the game and, and maybe, you know, nice hometown pop for Ali being home in Chicago. Uh, next up, Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair versus Asuka versus Becky Lynch. Triple threat match. This is another one you could have thrown in the cell. I think that would have been something to see, but you didn't. <laughs> so we're, we're not going to get in the cell. But, uh, Greg, are you going for your girl Asuka in this match? And you know this, man. Um, I I love it, but you know my hot Asian girlfriend is finally back. This is not again the best the best storyline. I get what they're doing, but um, you know Becky's had her moment in the sun, and the the back and forth between Bianca's, you know, pretty much has run its course by now. 
but you add an extra element by making it a triple threat and having Oscar in the mix. And I love Bianca. And there's still a lot of work for her to do. But, you know, there's nothing to say she can't, you know, drop the belt now and get it back at SummerSlam or, um, you know, the latter year uh, pay-per-views. So uh, it would be a great welcome back for Asuka for her to find a way to win. And I am going to go with my girlfriend because she would be disappointed with me if I didn't. So Team Asuka all the way, baby. Let's get it. Well, there you go, Mark. He's going Team Asuka. Which way are you going? I would I would love to see Bianca Belair against Asuka one-on-one in the near future. I think we will get that. However, I think Bianca retains and uh, walks out of there with her championship. Yeah, I, I feel like the way I'm seeing it, Bianca and Asuka money in the bank, and then you go full circle, Bianca and Becky. And what, I mean, what if you just have Bianca beat Becky in 25 seconds at SummerSlam just to kind of really, just really write the story there, but... Uh, I'm going all Bianca. I think, you know, Asuka and Becky kind of cancel each other out in a way, and Bianca picks the win, you know. KO, she might KOT both of them. You know, she's pretty, she's pretty darn strong. So I can see her kind of do And, you know, it's not like Asuka and Becky. I mean, hell, Becky looks even better, you know, even lighter now than she did uh, pre-baby. So that's kind of crazy to think. But uh, I, I kind of want to see a, a good old kiss of death to both of them just to see that, you know, visual in the cell, or not in the cell, sorry. It should have been in the cell, just kind of given that. But, uh, hey, you're talking about full circle, though. I mean, Money in the Bank is where Asuka and Becky had the belt uh, exchange, more or less. So, you, you want know, Asuka to overcome Becky there? Exactly. It could happen right there. You could do that, too. Yeah, either one. So, at, the, at the glorious MGM Grand, not the Allegiant Stadium, as we've heard before, but... Uh, more intimate, as they kept calling it. More intimate, yeah. maybe. So, yeah. It is much more intimate. I saw Aerosmith in the uh, MGM Grand Theater. Oh, wow. And uh, it still uh, packs in quite a few people, but it is a lot more close. So, yeah, for sure. And finally, we get our Hell in a Cell match. Seth freaking Rollins, Cody Rhodes, the rumor... Mill is a buzzing that Cody is possibly hurt, still going to do the match. Uh, I think that's kind of the good thing about Hell in a Cell. Technically, even if Cody wins, you could you know write him off in a way if he needs to go get better. Or if Seth wins, then you can write off Cody as well. So this is kind of the best case scenario in a way. If Cody is legit hurt and needs some time off, because uh, he can win or lose and still be written off. But uh, I, I have my Thronebreaker shirt on. Obviously, that, that's very telling in this match. So I will say I'm going with Cody. I, I think Seth Rollins is Teflon as well. I think he could take some losses. Uh, I would still like to see Seth pick up some wins eventually, but I'm not sure if this is the time right now. So uh, I'm going to go team with Cody Rhodes here for the win. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I had Cody Rhodes winning before the injury news. Uh, I thought... They're going to keep him undefeated and then possibly go at Roman Reigns at some point when Reigns starts defending the titles again. Uh, I'm going to stick with that theory because I like I agree with you. If he's injured, th- that's the thing. If it's a pectoral muscle or something, like, I will see the extent of how his injury is because if he's really laboring. I mean, you might get like a Stone Cold versus Owen Hart finish where it's just like this little roll up or something like that. Um, I'm still going to stick with Cody Rhodes. He's red hot. He's been great since he returned to WWE. And, uh, yeah, if he's injured, they can write him off TV for a little bit. He'll be, hopefully be ready by SummerSlam or however long it's going to take to get healed up. Uh, but I think, yeah, he'll win tonight, and then they'll go their separate ways finally. Do you have any thoughts on where Seth could go after that? <sighs> I mean, if he's <clears throat> if Cody's out for a little bit, they do need someone to start feuding with Reigns. You can always go with Reigns and Rollins again, have that kind of shield dynamic going forward. Um I'm not too sure, but like you said, he's Teflon. Whoever he matches up with, he's going to be great. Maybe we see Seth Rollins. I, I couldn't even think of anybody at the moment, but yeah. um, their, their, their feud's been great. I've loved every second of it. I, th- I think it's been great, especially the little insider digs at AEW and all that stuff. I think that's been some great great heat for both guys. Um, so I, I would like to see this feud continue, but I also know it's kind of run its course since WrestleMania. 
Uh, and especially if Cody's injured, we'll see what happens. But whatever either guy does next, it's going to be great. They both are fantastic. I do think that this is an interesting place because we don't really know where to go next. Yeah. I guess it's good in a way because then you can throw some different ideas and go with it. But I just he's, – he's in a weird – like. I, like it's almost like gatekeeper. It's almost like Champa and NXT, where you're just throwing guys with them to kind of see how they do. But I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go next. I mean, maybe he's the guy that takes down Theory, and you throw the U.S. title on him for a little bit. It makes he him was add some value. The U.S. title before, and the what do you have to get the U.S. and the WWE title at the same mm-hmm. time? Yep. So, I mean, I'm even, I'm even wondering maybe Money in the Bank. Maybe he could be a two-time winner, mm-hmm. and then that way. You know, yes, it's a kind of a a predictable type pick, but if you want to take him off, then you can. You know, we've seen that happen, so it's not like not like he had to keep the money in the bank the whole year. Um, he probably would cash in right away, just knowing how it is. But uh, Greg, which way are you going, Team Cody or Team Seth freaking Rollins? Hey, I'm going Team Seth, and if Cody really is injured this would be a great reason for him to win uh play up to the injury and you know really lay into it um you know wear him out with a chair beat him down with the kendo sticks and just make it brutal and violent and when they come out on monday and go cody's going to be out for x amount of weeks because of the damage he took in hell of the cell gives more fuel to Seth. Seth gets come out and crow on how he just took out the golden boy. And now you have legitimate heat for another match down the road whenever Cody comes back. Um, So if he truly is injured, like the reports are saying, this would be a great way to write him off. And and you're already giving him two wins over Seth already. so if you want this rivalry to keep going, and they've had two great matches already, um, why not add this one here and then have a seed planet for when he comes back? He's going to want to get that victory back um, down the road whenever that is. So it's the perfect time for Seth to get the win. Uh, as nefarious as he wants to be, you know, lay it in, wipe out Cody, and then uh, you know get to play up you know, the heel and, you know, lay out those promos as, as he can do. You know, I killed Cody. He's never come back. You'll never see him again and just lay into it until eventually he does come back. And in the meantime, you can uh, angle him off to other places until Cody's ready to return. You could have, yeah, you could have uh, Seth put up the countdown to Cody in like, like six months or something like that time to find <laughs> Play that up. By the old Randy Orton, like the injury yeah. percent come back his shoulder. So yeah, that would. Yeah, I mean, like Mark brought up, it's gonna be interesting how Cody. You know, Cody's pretty good about you know working through injuries, but sometimes guys show when they're legit, like going through the motion trying to get through the match. So you know, I guess we'll see in those first five ten minutes <laughs> which direction it's gonna go. You know, I don't. Sorry, the in, the injury is supposedly pretty pretty fresh because apparently it happened last well, night not, or something yeah. at house show. So <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, like, that's not a very long uh, turnaround process. Yeah, that's not a. Oh, wow. he, uh, hopefully, he got some you know work done in the the RV that he takes around with his family or something, or hired you know uh, a doctor with it. But uh, yeah, it said it happened last night. So uh, that's the downfall about those house shows. You just never know. I mean, look at look at lastly. Toppling over a rope when it broke in Europe, like yeah. if that ends up worse, you know, you know that could have been <laughs> that could have been catastrophic. So um, just that's why you know I I get why house shows happen, but at the same time, and you know most wrestlers love the house shows because they could kind of go out and do a little bit more freedom with it, which is always cool to know. But at the same time, you just never know what might happen, especially that close to a pay per view when it's your your the marquee match. That's just, yeah. that's really yeah. unfortunate. That makes you want to wish they would rethink how they, how they book those. That's what's, yeah, I think that's what's interesting. Like AW, they'll have the live rampage before uh, their pay-per-views. Cause you just never know. Like if you take something, at least you have that time to kind of, you know, work through it. But if somebody happens live, then 
All right, well, let's take one more commercial break, then we'll do our last call and we'll wrap up the shop here. So uh, let's talk to our realtor, Rockstar Realtor, Sean Nugent, and then uh, we'll uh, wrap up the show. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself. 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today. 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. Alrighty, so Mark, this is what we do every show. We have a last call where we just throw out a topic that, you know, has sometimes to do with what's going on. Sometimes it's just a random thought. But of course, with Hell in a Cell, we want to say, what is the best Hell in a Cell match, Mark? What is your thoughts on that? I'm going to be biased. I'm going to pick the one that I actually was in attendance for. It was SummerSlam 2008, Edge versus Undertaker at Banker's Life Fieldhouse, as it was known at the time. It was fantastic. Uh, Build-up was great. Edge was still with Vicky Guerrero, and she was upset with him uh, with the whole Alicia Fox situation. So she said, I did something bad. I put you in a match with The Undertaker at Hell in a Cell. And uh, between that and just the, the objects that they use, there's tables, ladders, chairs, video cameras, all that stuff. Uh, and seeing it live, seeing The Undertaker entrance, uh, seeing him chokeslam Edge through the, through the ring and light it on fire. I mean, that match was just wild. They actually went outside the ring, too, and... They slammed into each other and knocked the ring thing off. It was fantastic. Seeing it live was great. Um, so I'm biased, but that was my favorite one. Well, I've told Greg, so back here, I have all the events I've attended. And yes, here is SummerSlam 2008 on DVD. So I was there in attendance as well for that. Uh, I'll be honest, Mark, that was the only thing I remember. <laughs> like upon first viewing of SummerSlam 2008, like I keep looking back at the card and like, Oh, yeah, that happened. Like, like the only thing I really remember was Hell in a Cell. Match. Matt Hardy versus Mark Henry for the ECW championship yeah. for like three minutes. That's, yeah, that's another one. <laughs> I thought Jericho and Michaels did something. Yeah, that was when uh, Jericho punched Shawn Michaels' wife in the face. Yes. Shawn was supposedly retired. Yeah. Yes. So, so there you go. Some, some fond memories of yeah. SummerSlam, which actually has Maria on the cover, which is kind of cool. So there you go. We also had, uh, was it Cena versus Batista for the first time? That was a good one. That was a solid match. CM Punk and JBL for the World Heavyweight. We also had uh, Winner Take All, which was Kofi Kingston and Mickey James versus Santino and Beth Phoenix. Oh, yeah. That's when uh, I think he was doing Santino. Mm -hmm. uh, Triple H and Kali. Ugh, that was awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff Hardy and MVP. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so there you go. So, but hey, Maria's on the covers. That's all that matters. Oh, there goes my WrestleMania 8 match. I'll put that up later. But were you out there? Were you at WrestleMania 8, Mark? No, never been to a WrestleMania before. I had tickets to WrestleMania 30. Ended up selling them for like four times what I paid. So at the time, I was like, okay, I guess. But then looking back on it, I'm like, probably should have gone. <laughs> probably should have gone. Yeah, that's the only one I've ever had tickets to that, you know, yeah, still haven't gone yet. So, so my fun fact is... WrestleMania 8 was the second match in the streak, and WrestleMania 30 was the last match. I, I just missed being in attendance for the first match of the streak and the last match of the streak. Like, who could have, who else would have had that trivia? Yeah. Like, other than Taker. But, you know. Yeah, the only other one that I had the possibility of going to, I was younger, but it was when uh, it was in, I think it was WrestleMania 12, and it was uh, Bret Hart against Stone Cold Steve Austin in the submission match. I was like begging okay. my parents to go, like, we're not driving all the way up to past Chicago to bring you. I was like, all right. I was only like 13 at the time, so didn't have my own ride. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be able to get one. Uh, we'll talk to 107.5, the fan, and uh, let's see if we can. <laughs> only, only, only one of the big four I haven't been to yet. So that's the last well, one. Is the, the I'm grand still missing Royal Rumble. What Royal Rumble did you attend? I went to the one uh, when it was in St. Louis a few years back, and okay. uh, Sheamus ended up beating Jericho. To, and that was the, that ended up being uh, him against Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan in that quick okay. match. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah, Royal Rumble is still on my. And now they're doing them all Southern, so like in you know Dallas or like Houston and. Yeah. Way out. I'm like, 
kind of hard to get <laughs> hard to get on a weekend trip there, you know. Uh, Greg, what about you? Best hell and the cell match. Ah, uh, the low tour. Since you first said we're we're excluding mankind and or uh, yeah. yeah, mankind and Undertaker. You can throw it if you want. I I, I won't I will I will choose a different <laughs> one, but they still involve him because okay. um, I remember it's the year before, or year after, the one he had with Triple H. Okay. Uh, that one blew my mind. It almost as much as the uh, Undertaker match did because. The brutality, them fighting on top of the cage, him falling through the cage, and I thought he was going to go make an, another imprint through the ring, you know, Wile E. Coyote style, because uh, he hit the the mat so hard, and he bounced like a basketball and, yep. and landed another two times, and he still got up and finished the match. Uh, just brutal, bloody, barbed wire bats, fire just so much carnage in that match and um yeah you had to feel that that drop through the cage was not planned but uh it just fits the legacy of elder cell for one and mankind for two but that match was just you know blow the doors off awesome and i will give an honorable mention also to i believe was it last year's um sasha versus bailey inside the cell two years ago um, true true so yeah sasha versus bailey in the cell two years ago also so such an amazing match so i'll give them an honorable mention but you know picking one aside from undertaker and mankind the uh triple h versus mankind <laughs> That was, that was Royal Rumble. Is that 99 or 2000? Do you remember which one, Mark? Is that Royal Rumble 2000? Yeah, 2000. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That was his first retirement. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> then he and was he... back in the, the four corners match. Right. Yeah, like with the McMahons. In yeah. every corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what everybody wanted. Yes. But I will say that was that was one of the matches that Triple H like takes like he said that really helped him elevate his game unintended as well. So um, yeah, I think Triple H has a lot of credit to Nick Coley for where he became. I'm gonna throw out the the tag team one. I mean the New Day and the Usos like that oh. one I haven't rewatched really yet ever. But man, like that first viewing of it, I mean that was a really you know and for a tag team match like you know you got to throw all those pieces in there. And of course, you had the New Day and the Usos were like at the top of their game. You know, they were the hottest tag teams at the time. I mean, the Usos obviously still are, but you know, New Day. Well, I love the New Day, but uh, they've lost a little steam, <laughs> as as to say. But, uh, and then also, I thought Lesnar and Undertaker in the early two thousands or mid two yes. thousand, whatever. The the, the, the broken no hand. No Mercy 2002. There you go. Yeah. That was the one I was, that was my other one. Yeah. Like that one was, I mean, I, I don't remember yeah. having like so much blood. <laughs> yeah. You had like Taker pull, I think he pulled Heyman in a couple, like with this tie a couple times against the cage. Uh, yeah. Taker had the hand, had the hand injury. So he was wrestling with the cast on. Uh, that one was really one of the better ones too. That's a, that's an underrated one. I feel like that one does get enough love as it should get. So yeah. But uh, we'll see if, you know, Seth and Cody can, I mean, hopefully, you know, Cody can work well enough because I think we were all anticipating pretty, like, you know, one of those really great matches and hopefully that injury doesn't slow him down tonight. So. Uh, but we'll leave you with that. And Mark, you can uh, shamelessly plug whatever you like on our show because we're all about shamelessly plugging ourselves. So have at it, whatever you want to share well, like I started the show with before, by the way, thank you for having me on. I know we've been, we've been efforting for a while. I'm glad we got finally got able to do this. Uh, but yeah, Kevin and Query, Monday through Fridays, 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan in Indianapolis, Monday, uh, 7 to 10 a.m. Check us out. Football starting soon. We're all, to all talking Colts, Pacers draft, all kinds of stuff. So if you love sports, I also like to throw some wrestling theme songs into our re-entries all the time, which I think is what gave you the hint that I'm a wrestling yeah. fan in the first place. So uh, give it a listen. We try to have fun in the morning. So if you're heading in Indianapolis or want to pick us up on stream, feel free. Download the podcast. Check it out. 
iHeartRadio, right? They can catch it on there. Pretty much, yeah, anywhere else. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Uh, I will ask one question. How in the world is it working with Query in the Pretty morning? Like, uh, so, Greg, a little knowledge. Uh, Jake Query is one of our longtime sports guys around here. He's always been a night owl, is my understanding, right? Yes. yes. So he's had to wake up at, what, 5.30, 6-ish for the yeah. 7 o'clock show? Mm-hmm. He's uh he's he's Ooh. told me a couple times where he he would come in the studio and it's pitch black at the time. He's like, "Have you ever seen the sunrise before?" I'm like, "Yes, quite a few times." <laughs> he, he he's like, "Oh, it's usually up when I'm awake and everything." He is a, so. he is a day sleeper, but he's just, in the gym, right? And he yeah, just, and he just he's uh he was just doing the IndyCar race uh over the weekend in Detroit, and he left Friday after our show to go to Canada, and he was tweet or texting me and Kevin Bowen on our uh, group chat, and he was sending us that he's. He spent like thirty dollars on potato chips that he wants us to try on the show on Monday. So Uh-oh. we'll see what those are. There we go. Nice. So yes, but uh, Jake Query and he used to be on three to seven on another station. Mm-hmm. So he's always had this like afternoon show uh, for years, and then yeah, he's had to learn how to how to handle the shift to more yes. morning people. I'm like, shoot, I wake up at five fifty, six thirty every morning. Like this is nothing for me. Yeah, no, he's you know? he's still making the adjustment. And we're, we've started, we've been going since November, so he's still figuring it out. I was going to say, so you guys will hit a year in November. Yep. Mm-hmm. With this line. Okay, cool. Yep. That'll be a, I'm sure that'll be a fun, fun live show to mm-hmm. celebrate the year of that. So. And we do have Night at the Fan Cave. I'll throw yes, that out there. We that have up. that going on. It's the night before the NBA draft. Uh, it's our show, Dan Dockage's show, JMV's show. Tickets are on sale. It's a bit different than just a live broadcast where – uh, going to be able to be a little blue. We don't have to watch our mouths and stuff, so we're going to do a lot of stuff we can normally not do on the airwaves. We are not going to be uh, censored by the FCC, so we can get a little little goofy. So. Nice. Right. So you get you get drinks, you get drinks, you get food, and you get some uh, some cuss words and everything. I can only us. imagine Dan Dockage lifted up a little bit more than what he. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> I will leave my opinions on him to a later date. Off here, but anyway. Uh, Greg, got anything to share? Who are you going, Celtics, Warriors? Uh, well, before I get to that, though, we got to give some shout-outs to uh, Young Bucks versus Loser Brothers. Holy crap, what a match from uh, Friday night. And great time for promos right now. The uh, the Usos got me with the, uh, the week that came out was this past Friday. And did the uh, the heartfelt with you know all these miles and everything we could do it and and they really 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 laid it in it was so good and then they turned it at the end and we needed nobody it was so great um, but and then between that um, the pipe bomb to end all pipe bombs with uh, MJF just so much good mic work been doing up been uh, going around. So, you know, shout out to everybody who's really killing it on both programs, uh, both companies. Uh, looking forward to hearing more from everybody. So, got it. Had to shout those out. Plus, the anarchy in the arena, since we didn't really get to break down the uh, aftermath of um, the last pay per view. What a match. Holy crap. Uh, so ridiculous. But, uh, piping wild thing in through the uh, match for as long as it could go was hilarious and awesome at the same time. Holy, just holographically show up just because that's his gimmick back in the day in ECW days. (laughs) He's had his theme song played the whole time in this match. I know it was, it was weird, but you know, you kind of got used to it. And when it, uh, at the spot where they messed with the soundboard and screwed the music, you're like, Oh, okay. But, uh, so much goodness between the pay-per-view and everything we've seen this past week. Uh, great job by everybody. And go Warriors. They're going to win tonight, and they're going to come back and uh, rip Warriors this thing out six. of the hearts of the Celtics. Yes, sir. Warriors and six. I got Celtics because I got 10 bucks on them. So Daddy <laughs> needs a payday. And a yeah, t-shirt bet. <laughs> Us teachers, yes, we need all the paydays. <laughs> I need all the paydays you can get. Not the, not the, not the candy. I need legit paydays, so yes. I'm going Celtics and whatever I need them to win. I don't even care. And I got Jalen Brown at MVP. So there we go. That's 
Yeah, Mark, we got a uh, wrestling t-shirt bet on the line. Oh, East man. versus West, Team West over here, Team East over there. Steven, so, yes. you replace that order for them. They're coming. I'm telling you, Warriors and Six, it's going to happen. I know, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the fact that they won the other night and they went on that run, I was like, all right. Yeah, I'm but, get, I mean, that game one jitters, I think, you know, got the – this how to start as Steph Curry had, and then yeah. the, the Celtics only had like a three-point deficit. You're like, whoa, come on, rest of the Warriors. What are we doing here? So <laughs> exactly. I, I think they'll get their legs. If Clay starts playing a little better, Wiggins will play better in game two. I think they get it tonight. And they, Like I said, I'm still sticking strong with Warriors and six. I mean, just think, too, if the Warriors would have stayed healthy, like, who knows what they could have been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what, it was just three years ago, or I guess three seasons ago, it feels so weird with COVID, because there's, like, three champions in two years, it felt like, so it's hard to, it's hard to, like, determine. Uh, time is an illusion, as I keep saying, in, in post-COVID world, but, uh, yeah, we'll see if the Celtics pull it off tonight. Uh, we will be watching Hell in a Cell, I will be, personally, I you guys might be flipping back and forth, but uh, yeah, so we'll catch that. And uh, thanks for watching, and we will catch you guys next week. We'll get caught up on AEW and WWE and all the fun stuff that we find. So thank you for watching, and talk to you guys next week. Peace.